Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985's Santa Claus the Movie. Oh, one minute at a time. And Ben, what minute are we on this week? A 92. Do we have any news to start off the show or just head right into this minute? <laughs> just go right into the minute. No news. We don't do news around here. Nothing new. Well, yesterday they announced, Disney Plus announced they're reviving the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Yeah, we don't care about that movie. <laughs> that That's for some other Santa Claus podcast. <laughs> yes. We don't care about that movie. That's not our Santa Claus. If you haven't figured that out, 92 minutes in, this is not the Tim Allen Santa Claus. Some fan of that movie has been listening 92 <laughs> minutes into our podcast and go, Man, that Tim Allen movie's a lot different than I remember it. <laughs> That's not the Tim Allen one? <laughs> so let's head into minute number 92, where we left off last week. Cornelia has leapt out of the dumbwaiter in which she was hiding. She was overhearing Towser and BZ as they were discussing the dangers of Patch's candy canes that are unbeknownst to Patch at this point. Mm-hmm. BZ and Towser have left the kitchen. And like I said, Cornelia has gone out of the dumbwaiter and she's sneaking across the kitchen. And she peeks her head around the corner, like making sure she's still out of eyesight of BZ and Towser, but still close enough that she can still overhear what they're talking about. Right. Do you think that's a good description of what happened in those first couple of seconds? Yes, I think so. And while all that is happening, we do hear BZ continue to talk to Towser. What they paid for. If these people are so reckless as to have radiators in their houses. That's how it plays out in the movie. That's how it plays out in the book as well. It's the same. There's very little variation in this minute. As I was listening to it and re-listening to it, it sounded like a little choppy. Like they were mm -hmm. taking bits and pieces of different Lithgow speeches and chopping them together. <laughs> well, they may have, but that's what it said in the book. Rick Chowser. Did you have anything to add to the radiators in their homes before we move on? No. <laughs> There's going to be a short episode, everyone. <laughs> no, there's nothing, there's nothing to add. Like I said, the book is pretty much exactly the same on this particular set. I mean, word for word, the dialogue in the book is exactly what BZ and Towser are saying. How does Brazil sound to you? Brazil? Brazil. BZ. Brazil. Sandy beaches. Tropical breezes. Big rum drinks with pineapple in them. Senoritas in string bikinis. And, oh yes, no extradition proceedings. Sandy beaches, tropical breezes, big rum drinks with pineapple in them, senoritas in string bikinis, and, oh yes, no extradition proceedings. And Towser, he responds, you mean? With like, and I just want to say in the book, it states that Towser gasped comprehending BZ's plan and the fact that he was included in it. So he was like excited that BZ was going to take him along to yeah. Brazil. Yeah. 
And in the same astonished moment, tears of pathetic gratitude <laughs> welled in his eyes. So Towser, who cares about these homes with radiators? He's just so ecstatic and in disbelief that BZ's escape plan includes Towser going to Brazil with him. Well, now so, that you mention it, that does seem a little uncharacteristic of yeah. BZ. Yeah. Like, it's almost like they've reached a new level in their relationship because BZ then says, it's you and me, Eric. He stopped. He didn't use his last name. He used his first name. How often has BZ done that in this movie? None. Zero. He's either been Towser or Dr. Towser. Or yeah. the insignificant schlepper, as, <laughs> as you idiot. may recall. <laughs> or moron. <laughs> <laughs> but now they have this plan to escape to Brazil, and now he is Eric. Very early on in this podcast, when the character was introduced, I was wondering if he was ever referred to by his full name in this movie, or referred to as Eric, because I honestly couldn't remember. But here it is in minute 92. Mm-hmm. So he is Dr. Eric Towser, just like the coloring book told us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was right. So BZ must have had this in the back of his head for a while to just spring it with little thought whatsoever, this whole Brazil scheme. He must have knew the writing on the wall for a while. It may not have necessarily been candy cane related, but it's had to have been bubbling in his mind for a while, especially with these glass stuffed teddy bears and whatnot. I'm going to assume with his manufacturing practices, he has always had a, in case of an emergency escape plan, you know, of where he could go to get away from all of the legal troubles. So I had to look it up and BZ's plan seems like, I, I can see how BZ got to this conclusion. I do think there may be some holes in BZ's plan, but let's break it down. Let's talk about Brazil and extradition proceedings. Yes. Buckle up. I just want to preface this that we are the hosts of a Santa Claus related (laughs) podcast. I have just skimmed through the first page of Google results. So if you're planning on fleeing the country to Brazil to avoid prosecution in the U.S., um, don't take our our words for it, okay? (laughs) We do not know how this actually goes. Yes, we have to put this disclaimer in here. We are internet, what are they, internet armchair detectives. We're not actual (laughs) lawyers or anyone with any expertise. So the United States of America and Brazil did sign an extradition treaty in January of 1961. Uh, Brazil, despite its treaty with the U.S., constitutionally guarantees its citizens protection from being extradited to a foreign country in provision 51 of its fundamental rights and guarantees. The only exception to this provision is if they commit a crime and then become naturalized, or if the crime involves trafficking of illegal narcotics. BZ would have to become a citizen. Mm-hmm. And Towser, I suppose. Both yeah. of them. <laughs> I don't know how easy it is to become a citizen of Brazil in 1985 well i'm glad i'm glad you asked i I don't know about the 1985 uh part (laughs) but foreigners may apply for brazilian nationality if they meet the following criteria four years of permanent residency in brazil 
ability to communicate in Portuguese and no prior criminal conviction in Brazil or in the country of origin unless rehabilitated. So this is where BZ's scheme starts to fall apart a little bit. Well, it says convicted. That's true. They didn't, They you know, if he's not there for a trial, they can't convict him. However, they would have to wait, like, he has four years that he would have to hide in Brazil before he could become a Brazilian citizen. And he has to learn Portuguese. That's like, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Towser could pull it off, but I don't know if BZ has the patience to learn a new language. And the other hole in this scheme which I, I'm sure in BZ's mind r looks really good on paper, is that these candy canes are going to be distributed worldwide, <laughs> like the lollipops were. Right. And you would have to assume that would include Brazil. Brazil right. is pretty warm, so I think, on top of probably being the most wanted man on the planet after causing mass destruction with these candy canes, um, I don't even know if uh, he'd be safe in Brazil from prosecution well the good thing that the good news on brazil's side is that it is warm so they wouldn't have extra heating in the house to cause the candy canes to poof because we don't know what temperature i suppose that's true but i'm pretty sure that brazil would give them up if the rest of the world was like hey if every other country on earth was putting pressure on them <laughs> yes. to surrender BZ, the man who killed multiple children yes. in March of 1985. I think so. I think Brazil might give him up. Anyway, back to what is in the movie. So like you said, in the book and in the movie, Towser goes, you mean? And then BZ says, you and me, Eric, we'll take the cash and let the elf face the music. You mean you and me, Eric? We'll take the cash and let the elf face the music. And then they both laugh maniacally. They've gone down a hallway towards BZ's study at this yes. point, further confusing your floor plans of BZ's townhouse. Well, no, not really, because I knew that they were going to his study. This part of my floor plan is still correct, because I knew where they were headed. In my head, how I remembered it, BZ was escorting Towser to the door so Towser could get back in the limo and leave. Mm -hmm. But when you actually watch the movie, how it actually plays out, like I said, they, BZ is escorting Towser to his study where they both kind of crouch down and laugh maniacally mm -hmm. at each other before the door closes and Cornelia scurries back up the stairs to her bedroom. Mm -hmm. Makes me wonder what they're discussing and they're probably looking up plane tickets travel maybe. agents get like the logistics maybe because maybe. at this point at this point grizzard has taken the limo and joe back to the toy factory yeah if if you remember a couple of minutes ago i said that bz would often stay up late in his study counting his money that's so true. that's how it was in the book he was in the study right. in the book but in the movie he's waking up and right. walks down the hallway in his robe yeah so he could be they could be sharing figures of how much money they're going to be able to take with them to brazil and whatnot no mention if he's going to take cornelia to brazil no no cornelia I, I doesn't come up at all <laughs> yeah but 
I, I, I have to assume he'd at least bring... If he's bringing Towser along, I don't think BZ is as heartless that he'd leave this girl that's in his care in the New York townhouse to fend for herself. I don't know if he's even thought about it. He probably he forgets that she's there. No, in this in in this movie, he said my nanny and her and my niece are upstairs. And to be fair to BZ, we've seen him be a jerk to Towser and all sorts of other people. But to be fair, even though he's not around much, he hasn't disrespected or treated Cornelia badly, like yell at her. All we have seen him do is provide her with a nice house, food, nanny, and private school. But we have never seen him treat her like garbage or be a jerk or mean to her. Well, that's true. But they only have one interaction in this whole entire movie. Just one. And that's when she comes in and says, Merry Christmas, Uncle. And he says, it certainly will be. And that's it. That's the extent. Yeah, he's thinking all the money he's going to make. He's in a good that's mood. That's the extent of all of their interactions. We've been watching this group of people for two years in this movie and we've only seen cornelia and bz interact once for about 10 seconds but i i i'm not sure if bz is so heartless that he would just abandon his niece in new york and then fly off to brazil i mean what's gonna happen to her he has a nanny all he has to do is keep paying her I don't think he's going to take his niece to Brazil with him. They have no problem killing Joe, a 10-year-old boy. But he's not related. And he and BZ thinks he was a Santa spy. Yeah, but Cornelia is only related by marriage. She's not a blood relative. I would like to hear others weigh <laughs> in on this. I, I go down the dark road as in he's going to abandon her. And she is going to be put into the New York care system. And that's why the end of the movie is okay. So let us know your thoughts. We want to know what other people think. What is BZ going to do with Cornelia when him and Eric run away to Brazil? Because it doesn't seem to be presented like a Cinderella and evil stepmother situation. Where Cinderella's like, oh, you got to wash the floor. You can't go anywhere. It, I don't get the impression that BZ is keeping her hostage and treating her like garbage. Yeah, because he's 100% neglecting her. He doesn't have any interaction with her. Zero. So he he's 100% neglecting her. That is part of care. You can't just <laughs> neglect a kid. The only person taking care of Cornelia is the nanny. Miss Tucker. That's it. You know I'm dying to get into my uh, BZ spin-off I know, idea. but you can't. But I can't get I can't get into that now. That's just a so little, that'll be a little have a, tease a, for yeah. The a road. tease is that John has a spin-off <laughs> idea for this movie, which will be a whole entire podcast episode of its own after we finish the movie, and it is really heavily influenced right here like a big chunk of the movie would be kind of explained right here so he's having a really hard time holding his tongue and not talking about his little spin-off that's been bubbling in his head for months now and there's 
a couple bits, little little bits in the next couple of minutes too, mm-hmm. that I think play into my into my idea, <laughs> my gritty beezy <laughs> spinoff idea. But he can't talk about it, and it's killing him. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna have a whole episode or multiple episodes <laughs> later down the road of spinoff and reboot and prequel sequel ideas. Yes. <sighs> anyway, back to the minute. We are now back at the toy factory. We see old Patch using the Patchmobile as a bed. And Patch is back. We haven't noted it, but Patch and Santa have not been on screen for a number of minutes now. Can you bring up the breakdown? Yep. So we are on we are on minute 92. And Patch has just shown right back up again. But we have gone four full minutes of the movie without Santa or Patch. That's very rare in the movie. Usually one or the other is in any given minute. Yep. But we have not seen either one of them for four minutes of screen time. Yep. They're both they're both uh, falling behind here. No. So while I have this up, do you want to see who has been in the movie more? Santa yes. or Patch so, up to this moment. So so as listeners know, we are keeping track <laughs> of who is getting the most screen time in this movie per minute. Yeah. Santa, the title character of the movie, or Patch, played by Dudley Moore. And of course, Dudley was paid a dump truck full of money to appear in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the big reason this movie got made. Okay. So currently, at minute 92, what is the breakdown at? First, do the halftime stats at minute 54. Oh. What were we at at minute 54? That was the halfway point of the movie. That was the last time we checked in on the uh, counter. Oh, okay, you have it. You, good, you have it written down. <laughs> I was like, don't tell me I have to count. Okay, so in minute 54, we were at Santa 47 and Patch 31. So at this point in the game, we're pretty late in the movie. How's it looking for Patch and Santa? You can be the sports commentator. Okay, so coming in first, as most appeared in Santa Claus, the movie, is Santa with a whopping 66 minutes and Patch coming in second with 53 minutes. Oh, Santa has a pretty sizable lead this late in the game. I think he might come out on he, top. Well, there is zero ways that Patch could win. <laughs> <laughs> we do not have enough of the movie in order for Santa to win unless Patch completely left the movie and it was only Santa for the rest of it in every single minute. So Well, don't you mean the other way around? If Santa dropped out of the movie yeah, that's what Patch I meant. was in every That's what I meant, yeah. <laughs> Swap that around, but same, same thing. <laughs> you're fired as commentator. Yeah, if Santa just disappeared at this point, yes. which seems likely because, True. oh, man, he he has been pretty sporadic for the past uh, half hour or so mm-hmm. in a movie with his name on it. True. So anyway, Patch is using the Patchmobile as a bed. It seems to be parked in the same area where he took off on Christmas Eve. Yes. Because you can see the stage and the stage lights, which weren't there just a couple minutes ago when we saw him cranking out the candy canes on the Patchomatic. They weren't? 
I don't believe we saw the staging. I think we saw the runway, but not the light bulbs and stuff. All the all the flashy special effects type stuff. I have to go back and look. Okay, so yes, there are light bulbs on the side of the runway. All right, disregard what I said. But he must have rolled out the patchmobile at some point. Or do you think it was parked? No, up I think side? it's we just, just couldn't see. Yeah, it. I think that it's just parked below where the camera is uh, showing. He's just been hanging out in that one spot. So how far away from this big cavernous warehouse area do you think Towser's lab where the explosion was on this night? How big is the toy warehouse? We've seen outside shots of it, like when Patch took off. It looks pretty big. It doesn't look like it's that vast. I feel like Patch would have heard something. Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, the only thing I could think of is that some the thunder from outside because it is thunder and raining and it's going down true, on a, on a big metal roof of a building it's going to be really loud inside you know it's really hard to hear what coming from a warehouse background where i've worked in warehouses before when it's thundering and raining outside it is very very loud inside you can hear the rain i can I, i'm piecing it together and i can see how this fits together patch is sitting there He's looking pretty bored. He just refilled the stardust. He gets back in his rolly chair. If there was a big explosion, maybe he just thought it was thunder from outside. Mm -hmm. And then he dozes off in his in his little seat. Mm -hmm. After the explosion, before he goes to CBZ, Towser takes a peek to see what Patch is doing. See if Patch heard anything. Sees Patch asleep in his rolling chair and then rushes off with Grizzard in the limo. Mm -hmm. I know this is a lot of assumption in my part. I'm filling in a lot of the blanks, mm -hmm. but I could see how that could have played out easily. Yeah. He would see Patch kind of snoozing in the chair and go, oh, phew, he didn't hear anything. Mm -hmm. I got to go tell BZ. Right. And then as the night proceeds, Patch gets up from the chair and gets into the car because at this point it does not look like Patch was sound asleep. Mm -mm. It looks like he's wide awake. He has a little desk lamp and he has two books, one of which is open and he's reading. And Ben, what is the title of that book? That is the Elf Rule Book. I feel this. I feel like this was a missed opportunity for an elf pun book title. <laughs> I can't think of any offhand, but yeah, I guess he's just brushing up on the elf rules because he thinks I'm going to be back at the North Pole soon. I better, to impress Santa, I got to know all these rules in case I'm quizzed. Yep. That's what, that would be now, my there guess. there is another book. Mm -hmm. Now, there is another book closed. I, I can't tell what it was on my copy, mm -hmm. but you have referenced the high-definition copy. It looks like Cornelia's math book, but what <laughs> is that other book? The other book is Applied Physics. <laughs> now but the thing is, it could have been one of cornelia's books so so the thing is in in the in the novel it references the other book as well because in the novel it says that patch was reading a book on the complexities of the computer robotics manual while he still had easy access to items like this so he's reading these books about robotics and physics and sciences while he's in new york and he has easy access to these types of books when in the north pole he doesn't have that stuff yeah i guess that makes sense for the inventive type that patch is mm -hmm. 
So no mention of elf rule book no. in the book. No. So Patch, I guess he's done reading the rules. It doesn't look like he's got that far into the book. Maybe he's reread it a whole bunch of times since he's been in New York. I guess he only has those two books. <laughs> Maybe. The trunk of his <laughs> well, car. Well, I think he's probably gone through many of the other science books. True. Maybe at this point he's getting nostalgic mm -hmm. for elf culture. Like, oh, man. Mm -hmm. I miss all those puns. I mean, he really wants to go back home. You know, he didn't want to be working on the candy canes. He wanted to be heading back to the North Pole. So he reaches over, turns off that lamp, and yawns. He lays back on his back. And pulls down the retractable... I have roof. Would you say that's roof? Well, in the book, I'll tell you... Of the Patchmobile? Uh, well, yeah, I'll tell you what it says it is. He converted the rumble seat of the retired Patchmobile into a cozy elf-sized mini-bed. Then he pulled the rumble seat cover over his head and settled down for the night in a cozy shell of darkness. He does not do that in the movie. He does something that looks borderline dangerous <laughs> yes. and super uncomfortable. Yeah. He has pulled this retractable roof or door or cover mm. or whatever the whatever you want to call it right up to his chin, right on his neck. Yeah. I feel that could crush his uh yeah. crush his neck. If it went if it fell down or something, it would definitely hurt him. It reminds me of the those um, stationary desks, you know, the ones that have the retractable covers. Exactly. Yeah. I had my mom has one of those. I grew up with one of those desks at when I as a kid, and those those covers are very dangerous because they stick sometimes, and sometimes they just go like there's no. <laughs> Like, they they just close on their own. Sometimes they get out of wonky, you know, like, they're, like, out of whack, and it's hard to get them up. But when you have them completely even and they're closing, they swoop, slide right down. So this could very easily, I mean, not decapitate him, but it would, it could definitely get caught on his chin. That does not look comfortable no. whatsoever. I have it paused. He has it pulled right up. It's sitting on his neck. Yeah. His chin is like resting on it. He's laying on his back. And that looks like a pretty heavy wooden door. Yeah. And who sleeps? It'd be, it'd be like having the, it would be like putting your head under like a garage door. I know. It's not. Just use a blanket patch. Like it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Just use a blanket, you know? Like if you want to be in a in a complete darkness, just scoot your head down yes. about six yes, inches like in the book. and cover and close it and use a blanket. That'd be a lot cozier. Yes, and safer too exactly. for everyone. So our minute ends with literally one second, a one second glimpse of the outside of the toy factory. We see a guard at the gate. The gate is opening for Grizzard driving the limo to come through, and then our minute ends. Anything else to add? Because next week is going to be another big minute. A lot of, a lot of meat on the bone. A lot of puce in the pop next minute. <laughs> yes. There's a lot going on next minute. I, I don't think I have anything else for this minute. I think it, I think we covered no, everything. neither do I. Yeah. Oh, man. We have a jam-packed minute. I think almost every major character makes an appearance next minute. Well, I, I don't know. Except for BZ and Towser. But it's definitely an all-star minute next week. You don't want to miss yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's like three different locations. It's crazy. 
So if you guys have anything to add to this minute or anything Santa Claus movie related, you know where to contact us. But in case you forgot, it's SantaByTheMinute at gmail.com. Check out our social media, Santa Minute on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Ben and I post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday. And as always, you can listen to any of those episodes. For free!